Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Jeff Hoffman. Jeff began his career with Disney in 1978, working in merchandise at Disneyland and selling shrunken heads and other souvenirs in the Adventureland and Frontierland shops. That began a truly remarkable journey which led Jeff to a 31-year career with Disney, ultimately becoming the vice president of Disney's charitable division, Disney Worldwide Outreach, before becoming president of his own philanthropic organization, Jeff Hoffman and Associates. In 1987, Jeff was involved in the creation of the Disney Legends Awards. Those ceremonies were certainly some of the most memorable moments during my own time at Disney, and it was where I got to learn about so many amazing individuals who made such an impact in the history of Disney. It was truly inspiring, and without a doubt, I would not be doing Mouse Clubhouse were it not for attending those extraordinary events. It was fascinating to learn about the history of the Disney Legends Awards when I spoke to Jeff in this conversation from 2015. Here's Jeff Hoffman. The Disney Legends Award is a program where we honor individuals whose body of work has made a significant impact on the Disney legacy. Now, what I just said is a soundbite that I've used many, many times over the years, but we wanted to do something that really put a spotlight on individuals because is the company can you know was built over time walt was the person who was in the spotlight it was a walt disney production but yet there were hundreds and then thousands of people all around the world that were working to make walt's dreams come true and, and then as the company evolved and kept getting bigger and bigger, um, there was a true need to put a spotlight on how individual contributions really do make a lasting impact on what the company has been and how it's the foundation for building on the future and the inspiration for the future. So that's really what the Disney Legends program is all about. How did it all come to be? In 1987, uh, the, one of the many names of the wonderful world of Disney over the years <laughs> was the Disney Sunday Night Movie. And uh, just as today, there were remakes being made. And there was a remake being made of the, the Shaggy DA. And the television marketing group wanted to do a promotion to tie the original with Fred McMurray uh, with the remake. And they thought, let's do something and let's put Fred McMurray's handprints uh, in cement in front of the studio theater and it'll be a big publicity thing. We'll get a lot of press out. And won't this be a great way to um, promote this new television movie? Which, you know, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> on its own, it would have done what it set out to accomplish. Well, Michael Eisner heard about the idea and he said, wait, hold on a minute. 
you know, I think is fine that we honor Fred McMurray. In fact, I think is is very fitting. But but let's step back and look at this, you know, is how it relates to the whole company. And is there some nugget of an idea here that we can use to, you know, take a look and recognize our animators and our Imagineers and those people who have really made the Walt Disney Company and, and frankly, I think we were still Walt Disney Productions <laughs> at that point, you know, what what it is. Because Michael had been with the company maybe you know, three or four years <laughs> at that point. So, but he was truly gaining an appreciation for this company that he was now running. Um, so he uh, reached out to the Disney University to because we were basically the keepers of the corporate culture. And at the time in the Disney University, we were doing a lot of work about bridging old Disney and new Disney. So the new Disney where, you know, Michael and Jeffrey came from Paramount and Frank came from Warner Brothers with people who had been at the company for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years to really get to know each other and get to understand and appreciate each other. And there's room for both. The company needed to move forward, the company needed to change and grow, but that did not mean that we needed to abandon who we are and what Walt and Roy O. Disney uh, had created. So we threw it to the Disney University. I was given the project and I started to do some research with Randy Bright on award programs out there, Hall of Fames, you know, the Football Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Music Hall of Fame. Everybody seemed to have Hall of Fames and were giving out awards. And then obviously being in Hollywood, we had the Academy Awards, we had the Emmys, you know, so there was a lot to, to look for. Um, and I think one of the most challenging things is how do you select these people, especially going from basically one, knowing that we were going to do Fred McMurray, to having this huge roster of people who made this incredible company and institution what it is. Uh, so we put together a, a, a group of people, and our, our, our plan was to have somebody from every discipline, and somebody who had been with the company for a while, who know, knew these people or had a connection uh, to these people. So we had a representative from the studio who was Arlene Ludwig. Well, you know, Arlene, who had been in publicity for many, many years at her time, but her father, Irving, who we made a Disney legend, was the very first president within the company that was not Walter Roy. <laughs> and, you know, it had an amazing influence on how Disney both distributed and marketed his films over the years, including probably his biggest triumph was uh, the launch of Mary Poppins. Um, but so Arlene, so obviously you can see an incredible, incredible link to the past uh, with her. Um, and then Marty Sklar. 
you know, which at that time I think he was know, vice chairman of, it was still called WET or chief creative, maybe I think he was chief creative officer back then. I think Carl Bongiorno was the president of, of WED at the time. Um, you know, so we had him. We had Stacia Martin, who is a cast member at Disneyland on Main Street, but she was president of the Disney Film Club and and a Disney historian. So, you know, as as you could say, I me mean, one minute, you know, we're we're talking senior level executives, and then the next moment, we're talking a, a cast member from Main Street at Disneyland who worked in the Disney Anna shop, but who had such a strong link to these people, especially on the music side. Um, and we had Shelly Miles from Consumer Products representing Bo. And um, it was just really a wonderful group. And then we had some corporate people too, like Dora Smith, who was the company's secretary. And um, so we would meet, and there were, there were some others as well. And, and we met and we really talked about this. And we all, you, oh, and of course, I forgot, Roy E. Oh. Disney, <laughs> as we thought, well, we need somebody to chair the commi committee because, I mean, even though it was my program, but, you know, we, we truly had this committee who oversaw how we, uh, we, we operated and who we chose, etc. And so Roy, Roy was our chair. So at our first meeting, um, which we hastily put together <laughs> before this press event, so to speak, with Fred McMurray. Um, and we unanimously, oh, and Randy Bright, I forgot Randy. Oh. But we unanimously agreed that we all hated the name Hall of Fame. <laughs> so we weren't going to do that. And I think it was Randy who actually came up with the name legends or legend because these people are legendary and if you look at the history of Disney and what their uh, contribution was. So at that point we came up with the Disney legends name and then the Disney legends D with the star on it uh, Stacia Martin drew. <laughs> so it was the Disney D and she put a, a star on it and and that's what we used and we made a bronze marker for cement that had the D and we engraved Fred McMurray in it and we made a second one that we stuck on a wooden plaque of what we used to give out as the tenure awards for the service awards. So that was also one of my programs. So it's like, okay, let's just take the you know Mickey or the parks had castles on it. Let's stick this little bronze plaque on it. There's our award. You know we <laughs> handed it to Fred, and it was a wonderful ceremony. And Michael and Roy officiated, and we brought Roy. Or excuse me, we brought Fred in uh, on a I think it was a Model A with a real live Shaggy dog, and did the ceremony. And it was just. A wonderful, wonderful, warm experience. How soon after that did you start thinking of who would be the next recipients? So after after the ceremony where we inducted Fred McMurray, we got the committee again to 
really do planning <laughs> because you know the initial conversations were really we were charged by Michael to make this something meaningful and special and ongoing and we did what we needed to accomplish to be able to honor Fred McMurray, but yet we had nothing else in place to look forward. So we began to put together thoughts and, and very rough uh, guidelines of, of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to present because we knew as much as for the photo op, the plaque worked fine. <laughs> That's not what we wanted to give people going forward. So we took our time. You know, this was 1987. We did not give an award out in 88. But then in 1989 is when we really established the program for the most part that has gone on ever since. And this is where anybody... Um, within the company or even outside the company could suggest names of those they felt deserved this recognition. And, you know, Scott, you had suggested uh, the Golden Horseshoe cast, the original ones with uh, Wally, Betty, and, and Fulton. And, and they were eventually made legends. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of us had those that we knew better than others. And, and we, in these committee meetings uh it, it was it was interesting because there was a lot of passion going on and and it's like well i really think we should do this person and somebody else said yeah they're good but no this one is you know and but it was it was sometimes tense but it was all coming from a good place and it yeah. was coming from the heart and it was coming from these are truly special people and we also truly care about the integrity of the award. But that first real group that we honored, um, that was easy. That and first year. And that was the people that Walt called his nine old men. Yes. And uh, Byworks. So that first year we in that first year after Fred McMurray, because absolutely Fred McMurray deserved it probably more than any other actor in the history of, of Disney. Um, when you look at his body of work, but but we truly felt that we needed to do Walt's Nine Old Men plus of iWorks because those really going back to the very first days of establishing the company and our work, it made sense. And when we said it, everybody would go, absolutely. There, there was not any division. Well, like, well, why did you pick this person this time versus that point? It was like, absolutely, we get it. Walt's Nine Old Men were a special group of people that he dubbed the Nine Old Men because Franklin Roosevelt called the Supreme Court the Nine Old Men. <laughs> so he placed this name on his uh, 
you know, nine top animators. And, um, and you know, it's, it has stuck uh, over the years. And even though there are some others that were there during those days that have since become legends, but it was those nine old men that we, we looked at as sort of this founding group of, of Disney animation. And when we, we did the ceremony in 1989, four of the nine were still alive. So we had uh, Mark Davis, Ward Kimball, and then uh, Frank and Ollie. So Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. Uh, and it was a wonderful, wonderful day. And we said nice things about them. We put their handprints uh, in cement. And, you know, Ward Kimball, kind of a... <laughs> A crazy guy, which is what made you know all of the wonderful characters that he developed, and uh, you know so important, and also his love of trains and how that was influential, especially with Disneyland. But we're putting the handprints in, and Ward, and I happened to be right next to him as I was always pressing the handprints in to make sure that we got good impressions. Yes, you're in a lot of my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ward said, Jeff, look over there. And, you know, I'm very gullible. So I'm looking over and it's like, well, I don't see anything. Well, Ward is taking his, I guess, index finger from one hand and putting it in between a finger on the other, and then he did it on the other. So if you look at Ward's handprints today, he has 12 fingers and not 10. But that's just, you know, what made these things special. Yeah. Because, you know, the Nine Old Man and Ub Iwerks, of course, you know, who is right there from the very creation of Mickey. Um, it, it was truly our, it was our founding group and it made sense. And then uh, pretty much every year since 1989, as long as I held the program, or was responsible for it, and I was responsible for the program for 21 years, um, we, we did the ceremony every year. Mm. What are some of your other favorite memories from the ceremonies? Well, the putting the hands in cement and then later in clay for the, the molds, you know, which create the bronze plaques that are at Legends Plaza today, always seem to cause unusual things to happen. Either the people who were doing it were rambunctious by that point or other things, elements uh, were going on, you know, early on and in while Annette Funicello was, was still doing fairly well, uh, we honored her. And it looked like it was going to rain all day. Um, Which doesn't but, happen much in Southern California. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> but in, we made it through the ceremony without it raining. And she signed her name in the cement, and we got some incredible, incredible photos of that. And she stood up, and it started to rain. So the cement, which you know, is pretty much worn off on that, 
But we were like all freaking out because it was all speckled where the raindrops were in the craft services. People and from the staff shop had to quickly bring a cover out and 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 put over it. Um, but you know, so that so that was kind of interesting. Uh, another one when we did uh, the the Sherman Brothers. Um, I remember this one. <laughs> You know, we, we did the whole signatures and everything was perfect. And in those days, we let the media pretty much come up right to them when they were putting their handprints in cement and all that. So uh, Dick and Bob got up and we were cleaning their hands off. And, and a reporter from the Burbank Leader was taking a photo and she wanted to get a better shot. She stepped back and she stepped right in the middle of their handprints, which had only been done probably five minutes beforehand so again the the great people of the the staff shop it was either john lawless or kevin boyce who were basically the masterminds behind handprints and cement as well as then the the plaques later on um you know quickly came out and smoothed everything over and we got dick and bob back down there and and we redid their Hand so uh, I still remember the gasp when it happened. Yeah, it, it was one of those moments, but we redid it and it worked out uh, just fine. Yeah. It worked yeah. out uh, just fine. The Disney Legend Award is a beautiful statue. What's the history with that? Well, one of the first things that the Legends Committee did was what is this award that we're going to give out the the plaque that we gave to to Fred was nice for the photo op but that's it you know it's nothing special what what are we going to do so uh marty suggested that we talk to one of his imagineers andrea favili who had been working closely uh with herb ryman and and some of the old timers on various projects and to get his ideas see if he would come up with a, a rendering because we had actually looked at various award companies like Tiffany does awards or we looked at Jostens who does college rings or OC Tanner that was doing the company service awards at the time and we got different renderings from them but nothing was special it was just any other thing where they engrave a logo on it and and you're done with it but Andrea had this very interesting concept which is you know what is used today which looks at different elements of of what Disney is about into one piece. So it starts out with the film strip signifying the company's start in film, but then showing one frame with Mickey from Steamboat Willie. So showing Mickey from the start and our animation heritage. And then out of that, it kind of turns into a wave, into a spiral, and really about how that energy and imagination, and out of that comes uh, a couple of the, the spires and turrets from Sleeping Beauty Castle. 
representing our, our first park, our, our first castle. But then out of that comes Mickey's hand and, and, and his sleeve, you know, which is very symbolic from his hand from Sorcerer's Apprentice. And he's holding a wand. So the hand is really representing the craftsmanship and the artistry that comes out. And then the wand with the star at the end symbolizes what it's all about, and that's Disney magic. So it's such a beautiful symbolic piece uh, that Andrea created. And we started giving that out in 1989 uh, with the Nine Old Men and Ub. And, and for those legends who had passed on, we do give the award posthumously and presented the pieces to oftentimes their children. And, and that has uh, continued on. But then I had a really wonderful opportunity to present the the real award to Fred McMurray. Then the the award piece itself inspired a sculpture, a very large <laughs> sculpture. And Disneyland Paris was celebrating its fifth anniversary, and Roy had wanted to honor some of the people on the business side of the company that really created Disney's business in Europe in the 30s and held it together during World War II in the 40s and 50s and, and into the, the 60s. Um, and so we did a Disney Legends ceremony at Disneyland Paris, and we unveiled a full size sculpture um, out in front of the Disneyland Hotel. Um, and it was such a, a beautiful piece and to see this award that's, oh, I guess about a foot tall now, I think that's without the wand, I think maybe it's 14 feet, is, is quite, quite large, um, was just spectacular. Uh, and, and Roy said to me, we need one of these at the studio. And it's like, yes. And I called Andrea. He had already left Paris. We had invited him to be part of the unveiling, of course, and said, we want to do another one. We want to do it for the studio. But we had no idea where to put it. Um, we, you know, we had done different things you know, here and there, like the... Mickey Topiary, son, Mickey Avenue. I asked the horticulture department at Walt Disney World if they would grow one, and we dedicated it on Mickey's 60th birthday, and Jeffrey Kassenberg dedicated it. And, you know, so we were doing different things around the lot, but we didn't really have a great uh, spot for it. At the same time, uh, the cement handprints in front of the the theater were wearing and we thought what are we going to do these aren't going to last forever so we had that problem going on and then the team disney building designed by michael graves had this wonderful courtyard plaza area with a, a beautiful reflecting pool but the problem is with the reflecting pool is it leaked and nothing that studio operations could do could keep it from leaking. And there's a four-story parking structure underneath, the underground. 
so an idea between I think Harry Grossman at the studio and Roy and I about trying to figure out what we were going to do with the handprints. He had this leaking reflecting pool to deal with and that's kind of where the idea of, of creating Disney Legends Plaza uh, came up um, because it has these wonderful columns on the side and we thought what if we were to do handprints but in plaques that would be in bronze up on the side and we thought okay well even we, we had started to do the sculpture anyway even though we didn't know where we were going to put it and we thought well this is the perfect spot and we were getting closer to the 75th anniversary of the company and we thought well let's unveil the sculpture on October 16th 1998 which is the 75th birthday of the company Let's do the Disney Legends ceremony that for that year is part of the whole thing. And every year we always invite the past legends to come back. But we thought, well, we need to do a spectacular unveiling of the sculpture. So what we did is we uh, created the stage. We went through and we presented the uh, Disney Legends Award. And we actually surprised Roy Disney by uh, presenting him with the Legends Award. And the fun thing is, is we actually even re rehearsed him with Mickey presenting him the award, but it wasn't in the script. And and so when Michael all of a sudden, I think he pulled out a piece of paper out of his pocket versus what's normally on a teleprompter, and Roy's going, well, Michael's going off script. What's he doing? <laughs> and why is he talking about me? And the next thing we know, we present this award to Roy, which was an amazing, amazing moment. But, but going back to the unveiling of the sculpture, uh, we had created a stage that was uh that had a slit in the middle that you didn't know because we actually had this big screen that split um and at the time to unveil we pulled back um the um, stage on both sides to reveal the sculpture and then sitting on both sides were all of the past legends who came uh, that day plus the new ones and there were about close to 40 total but Annette was there and Annette's health was uh, that was really that was the last time I ever saw Annette um, was that day and oh and I was backstage with her before the ceremony started and we wanted to do a greeting with her with Mickey and and so we had Mickey go over to Annette and Annette really couldn't speak at that point it was just beaming and all of us standing around her were like smiling and crying and not wanting to I mean it was just the most amazing experience but going back to the reveal, we, we had the reveal. We had all of these amazing, amazing legends up there. We had this beautiful sculpture behind them or, you know, John Hinch's Seven Dwarfs on Michael Graves' Team Disney building. And it was just a magical, magical moment. And, 
And after that, we dedicated the Frank Wells building because he had, you know, been killed in the helicopter crash. And so we did that with Luann Wells. And, and then it kicked off the Disney Volunteers Global Celebration of Children, where Disney cast members, our Disney volunteers, were out volunteering for children all over the world. And, and that's how the company celebrated the 75th anniversary. It was a a non-marketing <laughs> event way of celebrating it, really, with the focal point being Disney Legends and Disney Volunteers. Mm-hmm. I think it was real special that it was for the employees, for us. It wasn't for the public. Yeah, and that's, again, what, what made this award special. From the very start, it was about honoring our own versus honoring somebody on uh, the outside. So that's where we might be honoring a Julie Andrews, but standing right next to Julie in the lineup is a person who had a tremendous impact on the company, but most people would have no clue who that person was. So it truly was about a collection of different disciplines and different people working together to make this what it was. So over the years, the ceremonies were small. They were either in front of the studio theater in the early days or in Disney Legends Plaza or the few times when we left to go places, like we did two ceremonies at uh, Disneyland Paris over the years, we did one at Walt Disney World. But these events were always warm, family, cast member, employee reunion type of feels. So we had just a handful of seats, and those were usually for our previous legends, and the family members of those who were being honored, and it, it was open to employees, and that was it. Yes, we invited the, the press. Some years, we got a lot of press attention, like when we honored Annette Finicello. There were other years where the Burbank leader <laughs> were the only ones. We really didn't care. Again, this was the company honoring our own. And even when we did the event at Disneyland um, in the Lincoln Theater on Disneyland's actual 50th birthday, and we honored, oh, I think 18 or 20 people. What we did is we went through and made sure, like we honored Chuck Abbott, who was a longtime cast member who basically owned the Matterhorn. (laughs) I mean, the Matterhorn was his attraction, but he was an hourly cast member who had worked at Disneyland for probably 40 years, and the Matterhorn was his attraction. We honored Marianne Mang, who uh, ran community relations, and and Steve Martin, who started in the magic shop, and and others. But, But again, we wanted to make sure that we were honoring legends that were representative about everything that makes Disneyland special and those individual encounters that you have with cast members when you go to visit is part of that experience. Just like someone who designed 
an attraction is. So that's why it was important to us when we honored Chuck that we had a representative of the guest-facing cast member. But again, that's what it made it so special. It was about everybody. We're all part of this amazing Disney legacy. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.